This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Welcome back, guys, to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. I hope all is well with you at the beginning of this new week. We're continuing our series on entering to rest. This session was recorded earlier up at the Haven Drug Rehabilitation Centre up in Colmacombe to a bunch of guys. And we were t- discussing the focus, meek and lowly in heart. Jesus said, if you want rest for your souls, you need to learn from him. And he says, these things epitomised his attitudes, meek and lowly. So what does that mean? We're going to delve into these uh, these attributes, characteristics uh, in the next couple of, couple of sessions. So be blessed as you're listening. I'm going to open up a prayer this morning, right? But I've got a word on meek and lowly in heart. So I've been studying this subject for the last couple of months. Uh, entering into rest. Does anybody need rest? <laughs> Jesus offers us rest for our souls. Now, we've heard it, I know. I was like that for years, I think I know what that means. You know, and, and I just go, ah, okay, here's another message on something. But, but listen, there's a real, there's more light in this than any of us have got. There's more growth and development and freedom and healing in these words than, we've, than any of us have become aware of yet. So, you know, the day, just believe with me, because what I'm going to talk about, I've never heard much on 20 years, I've never heard many people talking about these things. And I interviewed a pastor last week for 50, year old, 50 years, say, uh, pastor, <coughs> and I asked him about this, and he froze. <laughs> he didn't know what to say. So that's how, un- it can be uncharted territory. But knowing what Jesus, what he's saying and why he's saying it can give us a expectancy, a, a determination to go, I want that. Now, what I'm going to talk about today, you're not going to see people talk about these things, think they're that important. Because it is countercultural nowadays to be meek and lowly in heart. So, understanding these things, we want to become this wee, it's not just this wee religious thing, this wee Jesus thing. You'll actually go, Man, that is, that is one of the most important uh, characteristics and attributes for me to lay hold of, to, for me to pursue, to me, for me to understand so that I can enter into it. Right? So, believe with me, I'm speaking these things and I'm developing in them as we go. <laughs> so, so uh, let's just pray. So, Father, we thank you. God, we just pray the prayer of Paul for Ephesians 1 this morning. God, he says, open up the eyes of my understanding. We pray, open our understanding to these things. We pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, God, and the knowledge of you. We thank you by your spirit. You promised us, Jesus said, I'm going away, but it's it's profitable for you. Because I'm going to send you the spirit of truth who will lead and guide you into all truth. And he will reveal to you what's of me. He will disclose, he he will open these things up. So we just pray this morning, God, I can say these things and it can just, it can just be words 
But I thank you in the, with your spirit, with your spirit of truth backing it. You can speak to me, you can speak to everybody in this place, God. And I thank you that you promises the truth will make us free. So I pray today for hearts that are hungry, Lord, that you bless and you fill them. Those that hunger and those that thirst after righteousness, you promise that you will fill us. So we pray, flood us and fill us full of your truth and your life this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, uh, for those that don't know it, because I'm assuming some of you don't, uh, Jesus' words in Matthew 11 is, come to me. So he's inviting us. And, and what happened to me, just a wee bit of context, because I know some of the other boys have already spoke about this, but uh, I was speaking at a retreat, the Broken Chains, and I was speaking on Jesus led captivity captive. Right? Nobody else in all of our history, no gangsters, no hard men, can ever say, I took the powers of evil captive and I, and I defeated them. None of them. Jesus can. Right? It's like, wow, when you understand that. So I was sharing on that, and then I was out quiet in my wee hut the next night when I come back, and I was sat down and I heard inside, who's ever invited you into rest? Now, I could quote these scriptures, I could quote you Hebrews 3 and 4, I could tell you all about some things, but I, when, that, when, when I heard that inside, it just utterly struck me and sh- shocked me awake, because I didn't know, I, I could tell you some of the, the, the facts, but I wasn't, I wasn't understanding the importance of that. And Jesus is saying, do you understand? Who, who's ever invited you into rest? Do you understand the significance of that? Now, I had drug induced psychosis. MD in here no had that. <laughs> so, in the right, right place then. So, rest for my soul was what I was desiring the most. Rest. Rest for my story. Rest for my fears. Rest for my paranoia. Rest for my sense of failure. Rest for my shame. And I love that, he says, he lifted all my shame away. The difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is a legitimate feelings when I do something wrong. Shame is the feelings that something is wrong with me. And when you feel like that after years of failure, that can, it's like you just can't get out the muck of, there's something wrong with me. I don't deserve this. I am uh, useless. I am worthless, I am deserving of, you know, this, def- you know, uh, life, of, life of imprisonment in the rest of my life. That's what shame does to us. Rest for that. That's how significant it is. And for us, who have been deep in addiction, who have made a mess of our lives, who have not treated our, our kids well, who have not treated our families well, uh, you know, there's a lot of legitimate reasons why we would feel that way. So, so to to be able to uh, you know hear an invitation to come to be released of that, that got my attention. I don't know if it gets anybody else's attention, but I know for me it was like, oh, that got my attention. I want that. I want that rest. I want what you're promising. But <clears throat> it would be amazing, wouldn't it, if if all we had today, 
we should just stay the same. Wouldn't it? It'd be great if we just stay the way we are and we get all this rest and we get all this freedom and we get all this restoration. Just stay the way you are. That doesn't happen, unfortunately, does it? As you know, it's working in the rehab here. You know, the boys through the programme, it is painful having character adjustment, isn't it? Correction is no comfortable, is it? <laughs> it's just no comfortable. It is seriously, seriously sad. Correction of character, correction of attitudes. You know, lifelong attitudes that our parents had, our grandparents had, and we're getting told, listen, you're, that's error, sir. You're believing wrong. You're expecting wrong. That takes a whole lot of humility to deal with. Is anybody finding that out? <laughs> Can anybody say that, uh, you know, I experienced that, the, the humility that I've needed? <clears throat> yep. So that, so this is the, these are where the rubber meets the road uh, and this is this is ongoing by the way uh, I have mentioned I've been studying just before this uh, Jesus in John 15 he talks about the father as the gardener what a, what a release that was for me see when we think it's up to us to fix our deals it's up to us to, to I'll, I'll do the gardening for you but he's saying the father's a gardener. We're the branches. You know, any branch that doesn't produce fruit, the father takes it off and takes it off and throws it away. But he goes, the branches that do produce fruit, he will prune. So I went to a garden centre and I interviewed this gardener because I didn't know much about pruning. I went and I interviewed her and I got all this information. I was like, what? She's saying, you prune them as they grow. Shape them as you grow. I was like, oh man. But it's just, it's just understanding. That's what God does. We like think, oh, I've come through that and it's, that was heavy gone, that 15 month in there. And then it's like, oh, I need a bit of respite. I don't want any more of this. You're going, sorry, Paul. This is, this is, this is real life. We can get mad with it and lie in a pig pen the rest of their lives and protect ourselves from any hurt, from any responsibility, from any uncomfortable feelings. But guess what? That's where we stay. When we're in the path of life, bearing fruit, we're going to get continuously pruned. What for? The Amplified says, pruned for more, better, and more excellent fruit. I'm going, I want more excellent attitudes. I want a mere excellent marriage. I want a mere excellent uh, heart when it comes to how do I manage my son's failures? How do I manage my son's disobedience? How do I manage my son's uh, rebellion? <laughs> uh, you know, I need to be pruned in that so that I don't mess this up. And reproduce what happened to me. And that, that I heard a woman, in, uh, Stacey Eldridge, I don't know if you've ever, some of you have ever heard of them, but they're a tremendous couple from America. And she said to us last year, she spent her 40s uh, just trying not to pass on her stuff to her children. I hadn't heard them ever say that. And it struck me that I'm hanging, goodness me, you know, that that's the truth. You know, we can say, that's terrible thing that happened to me when I was younger. 
but then excuse ourselves the rest of our days and we just reproduce it to our own ways. I know that's harsh. Hard to hear, isn't it? It's hard to hear. But the bottom line is we need to hear things or we'll stay the same. Because we, when we lived as prisoners for years, we, we just, water seeks its own level. We need a spiritual kick sometimes to shake us out of the slumber we're in. To go, no, no, you don't need to live there. Just because that's how you've been, you know, you've been operating for years. You've been operating in this certain bandwidth. This certain frequency. This is how I think. I'm a junkie. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just a no use. I'm just a no use so-and-so. That's not the verdict on your life. That's maybe true at one point. That's not the verdict on your life in the future. When we remain there, it excuses us to continue to live out of certain things. You know, and, and that God, the beauty of, of his rescue is I make you brand new. I'm no longer wanting you defined from who you used to be. Uh, so, aye. So, the word of God, the lot. Does anybody in here love the word of God? It's, it's uh, saying here in Hebrews 4, you'll probably know it most of these, that it's, uh, it's alive, it's living, it's powerful, it's active and operative and energising and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Why is that? Because it penetrates to the dividing line of the breath of life. The spirit and the joints and the marrow of the deepest parts of our nature. It exposes and it sifts and it analyses and it judges the very thoughts and the very purposes of our hearts. This came into my mind last night before I went to sleep. So I'm sharing it. My daughter and my wife were away. My stepdaughter were away uh, doing a retreat at the weekend. And my wife came in last night and she spoke to me about my something that was said about someone in her life who's passive, a man. That they, that's in your life, their, their family, who is passive. Passive means they accept or allow what's happening in life without an active response. Right? God created man, masculinity, he created the male and female. Male was a representation of the image of God, and female was a representation of the image of God in a certain way. And masculinity, one of our traits is to initiate and intervene we, we, we the reason folk ran up the, two, the twin towers remember the two towers were getting f- f- the firemen they were, the men were running up it the folk were coming doing it they were running to rescue people that was true masculinity heroic running into problems to rescue and um, so the, the, thing, the thing that they were talking about was, it was this guy's passive he's sitting throughout his life, no reading the word of God to his family, no intervening uh, when it came to, or initiating hard things within his family and, and uh, you know, relationships. And it really struck me when they told me that because I thought, you know, I know of late, for me, I've intervened in certain ways. It's not been, it's not been accepted very well. <laughs> but, but it made me think, this is why it's so important to give people the word of God because the word of God intervenes. The word of God is sharp. It is quick. It is powerful. It is active. Like everyone of us know in here, when you're through this program, that word, when it touches you, you, you can, it exposes you. We're, we're basically open and defenceless before him, it says. 
to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He says, no creature exists that is concealed from God's sight, but all things are open and exposed. So when he speaks to you, this is how important it is to receive his words. Amen? Yes? He speaks his words active, alive. And then you go to Hebrews chapter 12, and the... It talks about the correction of God, the discipline of God, right? And it's us as fathers, if, we're, if, if your father's in there. Uh, you know, we all knew when we were fathered when we were younger, no discipline seemed good at the time. Our father's discipline is the best they knew how. In verse 10 in chapter 12 it says, Our father's, earthly father's discipline is only for a short period of time. And chastised us as they seemed pro- uh, proper to them. But he, God disciplines us for a certain good that we may become sharers in his own holiness. For the time being, no discipline brings joy. Is that not true? It does not bring joy when it's happening. But it seems grievous and painful. But afterwards, it yields this peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So the Amplified says it yields this harvest of fruit which is consistent, sorry, which consists in righteousness and conformity to God's will and purpose, thought and action resulting in right living and right standing with God. We all want that last bit. I want that right living and right standing. But the first bit has to come first. <laughs> you know, and, it, and it's just, for me, what, my, what I'm adopting is I'm celebrating correction. Accept it, especially when you're in here. You know, accepting that this is part of my training. That I need, and, and I know how hard this is, because I, I wasn't... <laughs> uh, when you've been under really bad authority, when your when you're people over you have misused their strength, it can then lead to such a rebellion in your heart. Because I'm not listening to anybody. I don't trust anybody. And I, I take my heart off, please, because I watched a movie Friday night called Antoine Fisher. Anybody seen it? No. Denzel Washington uh, is this commander in, a na- in the Navy... And this young private, you see that? This young private is kicking off fighting all the time. And then he goes to the psychiatrist who's, who's uh, you know, Denzel Washington. And, you know, he then starts unpacking his life and he was terribly, violently abused and sexually. Now, I'm watching this, mate. I'm telling you, I was in bits. Luckily, Nathan was in my house. <laughs> But uh, it really triggered me for 20-something years ago when I was in prison and I'd done something really violent. And I got away with it because I told them what, I, what had happened to me with the violence that I'd been through. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm watching that and I'm going, that, that really spoke to me about my, my, my own story. And I, I thank God that I, get, I was trying to get into the military. 
And luckily I never got in, because I, I, I think I'd have been, you know, I, I think it would have ended really badly. But I'm saying that to say that, uh, you know, be kind to yourself when it comes to how you receive correction. There's a reason we are the way we are. There's a reason why we struggle. And it's not just because you're a, you know, you're just a, all the labels that have been placed on, on you, me, for years. There's a reason why we try and protect ourselves. Uh, and that, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a harsh reality of life. And else relate with that? It's a harsh reality, isn't it? You're going, oh, I can, I can experience that. And see, see folk that told me that years ago, I, I probably, I don't even know if I'd have been able to handle, you know, the, the, the weight of that. You know what I mean? So, with that said, we're talking about this rest for our souls, right? So one, just one line. You get that scripture back up, mate. Please, thanks. Uh, Jesus says, come to me, all those that are labouring, overworked, weary, burdened, and I will give you rest. Then he said this one line, verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me and for I'm meek, as meek, as meek and lowly in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. So firstly, when he says take my yoke, I didn't know any of these things until recently, but back then, 2,000 years ago, every rabbi had a yoke. It was a Jewish idiom for the weight, a set of teachings to shoulder the weight of life. Right? So every day had oxen ploughing fields. A yoke goes over the, a harness type idea goes over an oxen. So a teacher had a yoke. Here's guys, I'm putting this yoke on you to carry, to show how, I'm showing you by my teachings, my way of life, how to shoulder the weight of life. Right? So everybody had yokes, but nobody had a yoke that was easy and light. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right? So that's very important. We have to take, the word take in the Greek means run with, put on, live by, take my yoke. See that my, my way, my set of teachings, my way of being. That's it. But, I'm, but you need to take it. See, this is, this, is, this, is, this is the, we'll get to this. You need to take it. And then he says, and you need to learn from me. Now, imagine you had five minutes with Jesus, right? He's come in the noon, and he goes, right, troops, I'm going to tell you like what I'm like. What would you say? What would any of you say? Jesus, I'll tell you I think you're like, you're loving, you're pure, you're holy, you're powerful, you're, 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 you're a saviour. What does he say about himself? This is, this is him who's saying this. No Matthew. Matthew's only writing it. It's Jesus that's saying, I, by the way, guys, no, 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 he says, I am meek and I'm lowly in heart. Right, these are so important things. They're so important. Jesus says, "Learn for me. You want this rest for your souls. 
Do you really want it? Yes, I want it. Right, do you, do you know what you need to do then? Take my yoke. Take my way of being, my, the, my set of teachings, my way of life. And you need to learn from me. I am meek and I'm lowly in heart. And heart means attitude. Uh, do you stay much talking about attitudes in here, right? So, John Maxwell, your attitude determines your altitude. Right? Great, isn't it? Attitude is a settled way of thinking or feeling about something. It's your frame of mind. It's your stance. It's your position. So Jesus is saying, this is my attitude. I adopt this. I've settled this. This is who and what I am. So wait till you hear these things. Exodus, sorry, Numbers chapter 12. I got this for a guy, Keith Moore, eh, who God spoke this to him. He's a great teacher of God. God spoke this to him when he was about 10 year old, when he read through numbers, and he hears, uh, you know, he gets to chapter 12, and he's in numbers, and he reads that Moses, this is on the back of Moses' uh, sister-in-law, they were trying to come against him, because they were saying, hey, it's not just Moses that God speaks to and they'll try, to, they'll try to question what God, how God was leading Moses, you know, leading them through Moses. And then this one verse says, Moses, the man Moses was very, very meek. More than any man in all the nation. Right? So that was a, a description of Moses, meek. And then in Psalm 37... David, King David, says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Right? So, Mo- Moses, heroes. If you think of Jesus' uh, upbringing as a Jew, he would have been, the, the stories of the heroes of faith would have been Moses, the, 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 the deliverer, you know, the, 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 the freedom fighter, the person who delivers the people. King David, all talking about meekness. Then the Beatitudes, this is a four hour Matthew 11, and the Beatitudes, the constitution of the kingdom of God, Jesus gives us address and says, here's the new way. And the, third, the, and the fifth verse, he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Right, so. What's meek? I can hear you saying it. What the heck's meek then? What's meekness mean? Uh, meek means a wild, fierce will. It doesn't speak about weakness. Weak, there's misunderstanding around it. It's not about weakness. It's about a strength. It's, it's a wild and fierce will who's learned to yield itself to another. Huge, absolutely huge, because you'll recognise in the context of all this correction and pruning. See, you've no learned to do that. You're not going to find rest for your soul, are you? What's the opposite? Is unyielding, self-willed, proud, rebellious. The opposite of meekness. 
is somebody saying, I'm no, I don't care what you say. I know best. I'll do things my way. That's the opposite of meekness. There's a lot of great, uh, you know, incentive, by the way, for this. A lot of great incentive. Isaiah said, the meek get more joy. They increase in joy, Isaiah. So, as we learn to yield our will, this strong, independent, fierce will, as we learn to yield it, yield it to God, yield it to the Father of our spirits, he says you're going to increase in joy. Jesus and David quote this, you're going to inherit the earth. A wee devotional says, uh, inherit the earth means you're going to control and lead others and you're going to control the material resources of the earth. Now that is a, that is, that is a, a, a great reward. But it's all connected to meekness. Think of the centurion, Matthew 8. Remember the story? The centurion uh, comes to Jesus and he's basically, he's got a servant and he's healed. Jesus is going to go to his house and he goes, no, 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 don't even come to my house. I don't, I'm not worthy. He says, I'm a man under authority. Centurion was, he meant he had a hundred soldiers under him. I'm a man under authority. I tell one go and he goes. I tell one come and he comes. Just you speak the word. And my servant will be healed. Jesus said, what? He's, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. Jesus said this was great faith. Why? Because a guy understood that Jesus was a man in authority and under authority. <laughs> right? This meant that because I was under authority... This guy was ruling and leading. So it's, it's exciting, isn't it? It's exciting stuff. And you think about, see for our futures. Our futures that uh, I, want, I, want to, I don't want my life just to be a wee island, a wee isolated uh, person because I don't, I've no learned to submit. You think of that centurion. He was a man connected to so many others, had responsibility, had, had influence, had leadership, because he was under authority himself. Soldiers under him. That was it. So basically we need to be soldiers under Jesus. That's what I'm saying this way. You know, when we, when we learn to say, I am yielding my will, I know this is difficult, and I know that my will, myself will would actually just say, no, I'll just do things my way. I'm happy just, I, after this, I'll, 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 I've, get, I've get clean now. I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll, I'll just get back to doing things the way I, I've always done them, and, and I'll, 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 I'll take a shot at it. Well, let's face it. Can anybody tell me in here anything good that's came out of doing things their way? Nope. Anybody, I'll, I'll give you twenty minutes testimony time. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody can tell me that, you know, when I went my way, it may be alright for you, but eventually. Right. <laughs> exactly. No. So that 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 that, that proves it. Yeah. That's it. It's denial, isn't it? So so you know the hurts of life have came in our lives, in our in our families. 
Because I, I bet you everyone else here can trace back the traumatic issues in our lives to somebody who's misused their power, who's mishandled their strength, who's, who's done things according to their flesh and their, and their bad desires, and it's, it's impacted our lives. Why then did we use that as an excuse to go with manhood? Mm-hmm. Why? That's it. But it's, it's the, that's another message, but the medication of the pain. So, but for us, I know I, I've had this experience where I remember I seen a hand and a vision touching me, but I was biting it. I bit it. What was I saying? Leave my lane. I'm reposing you, I'm refusing you, I'm fighting against you, I'm resisting your leading. I don't want you to lead me. It's too painful. I don't don't touch me there. What you said there, buddy. Don't don't go there. Don't touch that bit. It's too painful. And instead of yielding and submitting and surrendering, we resist. Remember this, it really struck it's always struck me, but I know it's true. I know it's true, it'll be true for everyone who's here. Hebrews 5.8 says, Though Jesus was a son, he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. So, see when we are totally humbled and we've made a, a complete mess of our lives and relationships and chance after chance after chance. Uh, see through that, it humbles us to the point where well, I know that's true for me. I've, I've had enough failure through my own disobedience where I'm actually saying, I have learned, I just can't do that, man. I just, I'm, it's too painful to do my own thing there. Has anybody else heard that? You know, you know, you've done your own thing for so long and it's caused you the same old messes. That's who we're sitting here. Yeah. Well the, well, the, well, the answer is the answer is I'm learning obedience, and that's part of meekness. Is learning to say I'm yielding. And Moses was the meekest man. Why? You look at Moses' life; he was constantly in God's presence before he went and done it, because he was he was allowing God to talk to him, and he yielded to him. Jesus is saying the same. Towards my Father, I have a yielded will. You want rest for your souls, boys? That's a massive part of it is saying God I'm asking you first I interviewed John Eldridge two weeks ago guy is an author from America and he's a guy who's talking to me and when he's talking to me I'm, I'm actually kinda, I'm aware of the bandwidth I'm living it the frequency my head's it and I'm hearing him who's older than me in these things talk and I'm going well you know there was more a capacity there was more of a, there was more of a, a settled confidence, and he was saying, "I asked God about something last weekend. I was wanting to do this, and it was good, and it was it was it was beneficial." But God told him no, and he said, "Okay," because God was saying to him no. Because see, if you go and do that, you're going to be utterly exhausted for what's going to come in Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So what he was demonstrating was. A capacity, not just to forget my story for a minute, so I can get rest. No, it's an ability to converse, to relate with God in a way that I bring him into my life. Not just I bring him into my recovery and I leave him at the door and I leave it. No, I, I actually say, you, you are important. This, this is a lifestyle. 
I want to inherit the earth. I want that blessed are the meek. They will inherit the earth. I want the. I don't just want to be recovered and talking about freedom for recovery the rest of my life. I want to inherit the earth. I want the responsibility, the, the, the place that you have for me. I don't want to miss out on that and get to the end of my life and go, what, I think, what, what did I do in my life? Now that's the path for, That's the path to that, is yieldedness to God. Ongoing yieldedness to God. And uh, so, that... That's, that's a great thing. Another wee thing was, um, though he was a son, he learned obedience for the things he suffered. That takes great humility. Again. Um, you know, it takes great humility to doubt our own wisdom and ability. And yield to another. This example happened to me in my honeymoon. I don't, I've not spoken much about this. But it's important. Important to me. I go on my honeymoon to Sky, and there was this issue with my wife who, completely different from me, completely different upbringing, completely different desires. I just think everybody's like me. You want to go and jump the lock with a kayak? You want to do this? You want to do that? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> And I'm going, right, we're going to, we'll sit down and have some time and write down our vision for a license. No. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty discouraged. And, uh, and I hear inside this proverb, chapter 3, it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. I heard that. Now, what, does it, what did it mean in the context of my situation? My situation, I was thinking, right, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this, and I'll sort this out. But God, God corrected me by saying, don't be wise in your own eyes. The context is, trust in the Lord with all your heart, don't lean on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, he'll direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. So the message for me was, I was trusting in my own wisdom. I was trusting my own power and ability to sort this out. But God was saying to me, don't be wise in your own eyes. There's such a need for humility with that, that I'm trusting. That's what true humility is, by the way. I I forget my own stuff and I ask God, how do you want me to deal with this? And that, when you're in the rehab, when you're leaving here with relationships, it's it's like knowing, God, can I... Can I give you your place? I want. I need to give you your place. I don't need to do this alone. I don't need to continue to reproduce the same old, same old dysfunction. So that's great news. I'm not going to go too much longer, but uh, the lowliness of heart part is is so important as well. And you know, lo- lowly comes uh, two seconds aye the opposite of lowly is high and another word for this in the bible is haughty the origin of the word is latin and it means high and it means to have a high opinion of yourself right Think too highly of ourselves. 
It's to have or to show an excessively high opinion of our own appearance, our own abilities, or our own worth. This part's ugly up, because this is, <laughs> this, this, this is challenging stuff. It's about thinking one is God's gift. Who's ever thought that? <laughs> it's to be in love with yourself, and it's to be big-headed. Right? So, Jesus, Jesus warns us, really, by saying, I'm not like that. I'm lowly in my attitude by choice. I've chosen, I've settled this in my heart. Why? Proverbs 16, 18, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. As we know, I just said their haughtiness is uh, <coughs> that thinking too highly. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall, the message says. First pride, then comes the crash. Now, every day has experienced this, and we will experience it. Mer, you know, when you, when you go, I'm doing things my way, I don't care what they say. I'll do it my way. And I'm, many people have been in here and left. How many folk have seen that? That people say, I'll do things my way. Nobody's telling me what to do. I know best. I'm alright now. First pride, then the fall. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Um, the Lord, just, just finishing a few things. Psalm 138 says, Though the Lord is lifted high in his position, he respects the lowly, the humble in attitude. But the proud he knows from afar. The passion says, the proud he keeps his distance from. He keeps his distance for those filled with pride. Remember, if you look at the New, New Testament, the quote, uh, Proverbs, James and Peter, they say, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Right? When he says resist, he means, I've got none to do with you. I know you for a distance. But, he gives grace. He gives his ability. He gives his strength. He gives his power to the humble. And I know everyone is here. There is nothing any one of us have got that didn't come from some from him or from someone. Is that not true? Your recovery, right? Just just think of that. Your recovery, your salvation came from God. Your next breath. Have you never had that, you know, you're dependent on your next breath? He, there's nothing to be proud about. He's given us everything. So, just to finish, that in the, in the New Testament, it talks about humble yourself. Right? It's a great uh, distinction there, because... Humble yourself, nobody else can do it. It's, it's you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. This mighty creator who keeps the full, who keeps, who keeps the full universe uh, in, in, in operating. 
humble yourself under him. Uh, so, aye. So I'm not going to not get any more time to share. But that that uh, they two things, meek and lowly, humble ourselves when it comes to taking correction. When it comes to uh, when it comes to you know the the areas of our development, we need to humble ourselves, humble ourselves before God. Trust that his wisdom will get us through and uh, his power and his ability is what in us. Humble ourselves so that we get his grace. Humble ourselves so we get that ability, his power, his, his strength, what in and through us. Alright? So we'll just close with prayer, boys. So Father, we just worship you today. God, we thank you that you promise us rest. Rest for our souls. And God, I know that you, that you, uh, when we yield to you, God, and we don't continue to fight against you, we experience that rest. And God, with, with that lowliness of heart, Lord, when we're full of pride, we just, we can't receive nothing. It separates us from others. So we just pray, God, we've just touched on these things today. I just help, I just pray each heart you God, you, you uh, open up our understanding to the importance of this. Help us to see that I've not ever thought about that stuff. I've never seen the importance of it. But we ask you by faith today, can you teach us about humility? Can you teach us about meekness? I pray for each person that divine impartation in this stuff and the, as they begin the different stages of the journey. I pray for that impartation of meekness and impartation of humility. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighter.life. Until next time, God bless you.